G'day, how's it going? My name's Chris McLean and this is Throw Another Podcast on the Barbie. I started this uh, a few weeks ago as a bit of a hobby and it's been very fun and I've really enjoyed it and I hope the people that have come on have enjoyed it and basically that was the general idea for me. If this spreads around and people listen to it because they're interested in traveling, listen to this podcast for that reason, then that's great too and hopefully it serves as some form of inspiration that could be my offering to the world. And if you just want to listen to the stories, or you're just listening because you know the people that are on it, then all of that works for me. Today on the show, we have Jonathan Kennedy. He comes from England. He's been traveling for over 20 years. We had a great conversation. I really hope you enjoy this one. Cheers. Good day. How are you doing? Good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. How was it growing up there in Leicester? Is it a big city, a small city? Um, we, oh, we're actually from Leicestershire. So I'm from a place called Market Harbour. And yeah, so my town where I was born, uh, it's about 30 miles outside, but it still is in Leicestershire. It's a quite a big county. But Leicester's always been known as a friendly a friendly county. You know, people are known to be very friendly there. And uh, yeah, people are wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to sit the city itself, it's got a lot of history there. Beautiful old city, some great shops, some great bars. Yeah, fantastic place. Yeah, we used to love going there when we were kids. We'd go clubbing to Leicester. It's a fair old drive when you were a kid. You okay. Know, when you're six, you're in a little car and you yeah. drive there. <laughs> dedicated, dedicated driver, no drinking. And uh, but yeah, it was a great fun. It was, it was always good fun. And if whenever I go back, I, I always try and spend a day out in the city itself. You know what I mean? Well, it's so, nice for your son, isn't it, to go to a place where people are really exactly. Friendly, you know? exactly. That's a really nice vibe. Even yeah. For yeah. Yeah. How old is four? He he'll be four in April. So yeah. When you're when you're at school. Were you always into the idea of, oh, once I finish school, I'm going to go do this and this in this yeah, country? Or? I, yeah, I mean, when I finished school, I didn't leave with the best uh, qualifications, let's just put it that. I got a job at a place called Butlins. Now, Butlins, if you don't know, is like a chain of holiday camps in England. Okay, I this was just out of school, was it? Yeah, okay. not far. I'd been done a bit in college, and I was 18, and I got a job. At Butlins in Scotland, in Ayr, which right. is a place not far outside Glasgow, on the coast, a beautiful, beautiful little seaside town, and they had this big uh, Butlins holiday camp there. Um, basically, what Butlins is is you pay, you stay in like a chalet, and it's like a it's a gated place, like it's all fenced off, and once you get there, everything's free. So you've got entertainment at the night, you have food during the day, and there's like, you know, theme parks and rides for the kids. And I was working there and it was great. And I moved when I was 18 and first time away from home and I hated it for a start. Absolutely hated it. And uh, I'm not afraid to say it. I was actually ringing my mum pretty much every day, okay. crying on the phone. Like, I want to come home. I want to come home. Is that home. the big reason you missed your family and friends? Yeah, I, it was home. just, yeah. I mean, because it, it was so far, I mean, it was yeah. like up in Scotland and we're from yeah. the Midlands. So, I mean, it's a fair old distance away. Mm. My mum was like, look, give it two weeks. Just, just give it two weeks. And then obviously in two weeks, if you still don't like it, you can come home. It's no bother, right? Yeah. So I was like, all right, mum, okay. Um, so I gave it two weeks, and that was it. I never went back. Right. <laughs> yeah. I never moved home again, really. Oh, well, okay, yeah, well. Yeah, that was me. Oh, well. That was me traveling. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And then... So what changed in the two weeks? You just sort um, of, that quickly you adapted yeah, to Yeah, I just, yeah. Okay. It really was. Like, going from a couple of days in, just like, it, it was all alien to me, you know. I, yeah. I'd gone... 
a completely alien environment. Um, all right, they still spoke English, albeit with a Scottish accent. Right. And it was like, yeah. And then after two weeks, I just found some great friends and just realised, I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is a lot. And then I never really went back home again. Yeah. No, exactly. Well, never really moved back home. And That's lived, amazing. Lived so back home again. You've been yeah. travelling for over 20 years now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I did. I started, like I say, I worked at Butlins in Eyre, which is near Glasgow in Scotland. And then I went from there, I went down to the Butlins in Minehead, which is down the bottom of England uh, yeah. in Somerset. And then I went to Butlins in Wales. Uh, yeah. And then I did another Butlins in Skegness as well. So I did sort of four of the five Butlins. And then it was like, right, okay, sort of done. The length and breadth of England here, well, to, you know, the UK, where do we go now? And then I moved to um, Corfu with a friend of mine. Okay. And we moved out there and we did a summer season working in, um, in bars and stuff over there. And uh, I was like, that was it. Then I was hooked. I was hooked. That was it. I, I, I'm not... There is no way I'm going to go back and work in England. What do you, what do you think hooked you? Was it the, like, just, it's like just the lifestyle? Of, yeah. yeah, just the lifestyle. New people all the time. Yeah. You're very sociable. Easy yeah, to talk to it, it was incredible. My, my first job I ever got was, um, it was called a runner in Corfu, on Corfu, the strip in Ipsos it was. There's all these nightclubs and they're not allowed to play music over a certain volume. And if they do... Uh, the police take away their license so what my job would be I'd get paid a little bit of money from each of these five nightclubs and I'd have to stand at the end of the street when I'd see the police coming down the hill I used to have to run down the strip and they had people on the door like the guards on the door and I'd have to tell each of them the police are coming the police are coming and go to the next one the police are coming and then I'd get to the end of the strip the other end I'd watch the police go obviously right. all, the, all the music's gone down and then all of a sudden all the music would go up and then I'd have to wait there for another 20 minutes or half an hour until the patrol came back down and yeah, then I'd do the same person basically <laughs> yes, that's basically amazing. and I get paid I got paid for doing that it was all black money it was all right. sort of cash in hand right. I mean there was no um, there was, I wasn't paying any national insurance <laughs> Or anything like what that. would you write as a job but it was great you know you got you got a few free beers and a, and a little bit of money and then it was nothing it was no money at all you yeah. know but i we had shared accommodation you know you went out you and you were living in the sun and it was just uh, a, a unique thing to do you know what i mean so we did that for a around about ah oh, six to eight months and I, I came actually i came back to england and i worked for a two or three months and i was like right determined to go away again mm -hmm. you know i was like right that was the plan and this time i said to my a good friend of mine at the time ben i said listen do you want to and he was working in a factory didn't like his job and i said look come on let's go let's go away and we were like where and my brother had previously been the year before he'd been living in spain on the costa del sol and he said look if you're going to go anywhere go here i've already got a lot of connections down there a lot of friends mm -hmm. just mention my name and they'll look after you and so I bought a car we, we bought a car off a friend of the family uh, like an uncle and it cost 200 quid uh, Ford Escort and it, and it had just enough MOT insurance to just basically leave the country legally uh, and then we drove all the way down to Spain and uh, yeah that was it I never that was it and then I was there pretty much for 12 13 years just before we talk about that, when you were home for, what did you say, three, four months? You never thought for a second, oh, oh I'm home now, maybe I should stay? No, okay. no, not at all. Never and my, my family always encouraged me to, to you know, yeah, do That's it. If so you want to go away, that. you know, what's here for you? Yeah. 
you know, what's here for you? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, you're right. You know, while you're young, yeah. And, you, you know, you can do it when you're young. Obviously, you can do it when you're older, but it's a lot easier when you're young. And that was it. So, like I say, yeah, well, I worked I worked in a bar and we were propping, you know, on the street, giving out flyers, trying to get people into the bar. This was in? In, in Toro Molinos. Okay, yes. And uh, I did that for oh, two or three years and then uh, bought my first bar. It was um, and it was a good it was a good time. It really was. Did you get it, to name it and everything? Or? No, no. Well, this is the thing. It was it was called the Three Barrels. Uh, the guy I wanted to change the name, and the guy we bought it off. He said, "Listen, don't. It's been the Three Barrels for you know, I think twenty, thirty years. Everyone knows it. You know, it'd be silly to change the name, and you know what I mean. So right. we kept it, yeah. and of course, along with it came lots of regulars and yeah. and local people. You know what I mean. So yeah. it, was, it was good. It was yeah. Good you're just going to upset people changing the name. Exactly. Not everyone, exactly. but there's it's, definitely people. Exactly. If it's not broke, don't, yeah, you know, exactly. don't try and fix it. Either. No, 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 no. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It was it was a good time. It was a good time to be alive. It was a good time. Uh, you know, this was when you know it was in the nineties, and this was when like the Costa del Sol was still. A buzzing place, you know, thousands upon thousands of people coming every week. Right, um, good money to be made. You know, yeah. now it's it's a different story. Now, uh, you know, it's there's other places opened up in the world. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. back in the day, it was you know for Brits going abroad, it would be you know you'd be going Greece or you'd go Spain. You know, there wasn't you know they were the sort of places where they'd go. Yeah. Of course, now it you know there are, they, there's hundreds of other places to go and cheaper places to go as well. So. Uh, at the time that was the place and yeah like I say it was um, there was good money to be made you yeah. know what I mean it was really good times you know it's hard work you know you're, you're open six days a week you're yeah. working full time uh, yeah and you know you're open from 11 in the morning till sometimes 2, 3 in the morning do you know what I mean so you know you're, you're there many hours a day but like you say you're in the sun you're in your shorts Having a good time. You're having a good time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that would have been the most responsibility you would have had up to that point, owning the bar. And, I mean, 100%. Running bar, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Very, um, and a lot of responsibility as well. Like I say, I mean, we had, I had... Um, you co-owned it, or... Yeah, and we had people working for us as well. And obviously that was all, you, you wouldn't, they wouldn't be paying, like, social security, it'd be all cash in hand. Right. But, of course, back in the day, that was the way it was in Spain. I mean, you know, we used to get police coming in the bar mm-hmm. at lunchtime, and the police would be there with all their gear on, with their guns on, and they'd have a whiskey you know what I mean at lunchtime and then they'd go back in the car of course you wouldn't charge the police you know what I mean you would never charge the no. police because then at night if you was having a bit of a lock-in and they drove past they'd always oh they're right yes I am yeah no we'll just keep the noise down yeah yeah no, might no, not so. get away with that now no no you wouldn't I don't think so so much anymore so you'd always um, yeah you'd always look after the local uh, yeah. constabulary definitely absolutely yeah. <laughs> yes and they we, I got on well with them I got on well with them and we got on well we had a good relationship with the police and, and like I say, we had this Ford Escort, which we thought basically was just going to get us down to Spain. And um, after nearly like three years of still having it, and of course by now it's got no, there's no insurance, there's no like MOT or inspection, there's no tax on it. I remember I was driving it one day and one of the police I knew was on his police bike and he pulled up next to me at the traffic lights and he said to me, he said, look, I said, Jonathan, he said, you know, I think it's, 
time you got rid of that car soon we can't so basically saying we can't keep turning a blind eye to this this, this, this rusty this rusty yeah. bag on yeah. the on the road so a week later i sold it and i sold it to this guy and then he had it for three days and the police pulled him and took it oh, off no. him so obviously i think as soon as they see it wasn't me driving yeah, that was it they, yeah. they took it away and it got crushed so uh yeah there you go so so you would have grown up how was the weather in Leicester compared to oh, yeah. cloudy skies? And yeah, then, and yeah. then you moved to yeah. I can imagine exactly. That. Yeah, I mean you wouldn't. You, you know, you, I mean it was beautiful all year round in Spain. Yeah. I mean I think even in the winter, the rainy season, which is sort of like November, mm. um, you know, it will get down to like nine degrees. Right. You know what I mean? Plus, you know, and obviously in August it's unbearable. You know, July August it's unbearable. You know, I remember sometimes you know you'd see like thirty eight, forty, and. Um, you know, when you're working or, or even cooking in the kitchen, you know, that's... Unbearable. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It's too yeah. much. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you didn't, we didn't have air conditioning in the bar or anything like that. It was an mm-hmm. old bar. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty sweaty. Let's yeah. just say that. Yeah. Yeah. And when you moved on from Spain, did you just feel like there was now the time? Well, yeah. I mean, we... Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the time, before I came to Sweden... We, me and the girl, a girl I was seeing at the time, Hanish, we, we had a restaurant in uh, Fengarola. We'd moved down the coast a bit from Taramalinos. And we had a lovely little restaurant in the marina. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was just hard work. You know, we're moving on now sort of eight, nine years later. And the difference in the, in the climate and the, the people was just incredible. The, so many less people come in and so many more bars opened, you know. So you're... Your profit was, you know, because it was all, you was in massive competition, you yeah. know. It would be like, okay, you know, you were selling a pint of beer for, say, two euros fifty, and then a bar opens up two doors down, and they go, right, we'll, we'll do it for one euro fifty, and you're like, yeah. oh, dude, you know, you're not making any money at that. No, exactly. You know, you don't, you know, you get all these new bar owners coming. Yeah. People well, from they England. they think it's a gold mine. And or... they think it's a gold mine, yeah. Right. And they just go, right, we'll retire early, we'll move to Spain, We'll buy a bar and we'll be millionaires, and it just doesn't work like that anymore. What did and you did? You have any little things you did? Like you're a black uh, guy, you would have had some tricks. And, yeah, to I mean, bring people in the door. Yeah, I mean, we did good food. I must admit, okay. uh, we did really, really good food. We did like obviously like functions. We did a few weddings at my restaurant. You know, Sundays we did a barbecue outside. You know, you just try. We had a pool yeah, that's a nice we, touch. We had a pool table outside, and and yeah, you just try and do anything different, but. Of course, you know, I think in Fengarola, there was like nearly 2,000 places where you could go for a beer. So, I mean, you know, you were, uh, you're always in competition. I remember once the local paper, they had like a food uh, critique and he would go round and do like the secret visits to restaurants Mm -hmm. and, and he'd do a review and he'd put it in the paper. Yeah, we sort of, he came to our restaurant and he just put this fantastic review uh, in the paper about us and it and it was incredible you know what I mean it was like oh my god uh, the bar the restaurant was called Captain Jack yeah it, it just did our business so much good you know because yeah. people followed him he was yeah. he was a famous on the on the Costa del Sol and people said well if he you know if he says it's a good place to oh, eat oh that must have been a buzz yeah. you know people were, and they were coming in their droves you mm. know what I mean and of course that was great because the food was good you know we did good food yeah. um so that really helped us a lot. But yeah, towards the end, it was getting harder and harder. We'd had it sort of nearly five years. And we decided, right, let's just cut, cut it here, cut the losses yeah. and, uh, and get rid of the bar. 
And of course, then the girl I was seeing at the time, she was from Sweden and uh, from Eskastuna. It was sort of like, okay, what are we going to do? You know, are we going to get jobs here, work for someone else? Or shall we move to Sweden? Now, I'd been to Sweden a couple of times on holiday, obviously with her. And I was like, let's just move to Sweden. Yeah, that's, uh, and that was it. <laughs> but that's it, yeah. Well, just one last thing in Spain. Did you pick up the language? I did, yeah. yeah. I mean... Uh, in Spain, you know, it's <laughs> it's one of those places where, you know, because it's got so many English people there, you really don't need to. But obviously, when you're in business, you know, you're dealing with different companies every day, coming and buying stuff and stuff like that. So I did pick up quite a bit of the language, not brilliantly at no. all by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't yeah. go and study it at college or anything like that. Right. Um, but I could get by. Mm-hmm. I can get by. And, it, and it's funny because every time I go back, and you start, you know, talking to someone Spanish, it does come out, you know, it's still in there, yeah. you know, and you just forget, and all of a sudden you're in a bar, and it's like, wow, look, yeah. at, look at that. I'm, you a few beers in. Oh, yeah, a few yeah. beers in. Definitely yeah. uh, You know, you're like, wow, look, oh, I'm speaking loads of Spanish again. Yeah, yeah. It's strange, isn't it? Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty cool. So between Spain and Sweden, you never considered going back home at all, even though you'd lived, was it nine, ten years away? Yeah, yeah, I'll be back, yeah. But you were still, yeah. I want to go to a different country and experience a new thing now. 100%. Okay. 100%, yeah. I mean, like I say, I love my town, uh, and obviously it's got my family there, and it'll always be, you know, a special place in my heart. Yeah, but, I get it. you know, it's, there's, there's more to offer. The world's a big, it big is, place, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the world's your lobster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't want to go back. And, and, I, and, I, and now I'm very, very content living in Sweden. Okay. Uh, it's an amazing country, as you know yourself, Chris. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. You know, everything works. Yeah. You know, everything's clean. Yeah. It, it's just a lovely, lovely place to it be, is. you know. Yeah. Um, Sweden is my heart now. And, uh, yeah, I'm not planning on uh, going anywhere. So. Now you've got your boy here now. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's it. My life is here now, I believe. How were the early days in Sweden when you first got here? Uh, a bit harsh, to tell you the truth. Okay. <laughs> um, we moved here in sort of um, end of October, early November. Okay, you're asking for uh, the, the worst time Absolutely. to move. Definitely. Especially when you're coming from the Mediterranean climate. Yes. Yeah, I lo- like I say... Um, a lot colder back then, too. Uh, yeah, it was a lot colder back then. I remember, I remember like, we've been here like a couple of months and I looked at the temperature outside and it was something like minus 26, minus 27. And I'd never experienced that in my life. Like literally so much so that I, I said to um, Hannah, I said, look, I'm going to have to put my coat on and go out in this and just go around the block. You know what I mean? Just to, and it was brutal. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely brutal. It was hard to breathe. You know what I mean? It really was. Right. But subsequently, we haven't really um, experienced any sort of major, like that sort of temperature since then, really, in all fairness. It's actually got warmer and warmer every year. And of course, this year, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, so hard. you think the first few months you were here was the coldest it was? Yeah. Since you- and obviously, I did suffer a little bit from, um, you know, SAD, you know, that seasonal affective yeah, disorder, yeah. Or whatever it is, because obviously, coming from where it's light all the time and then coming here and it's just completely dark, you yeah. know any of these listeners if you've ever been to sweden in the winter i mean you you'll get up in the morning it's pitch black and uh, around about 10 o'clock it will go gray yes and then around about two o'clock it's black again pretty yeah. much two two thirty it starts going dark again and and that's you know chris it, it, that's like that until about sort of march time you know what i mean and then you start seeing the change yeah. slightly but obviously on the flip side in the summer uh, it's the other way around isn't it I mean the difference is incredible you know it's 
at three o'clock in the morning, four in the morning, yeah. it's light. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it goes dark at like 12 o'clock for like three, four hours. Everything's different. Yeah. The, the weather's different and then the vibe is different. Everyone's way happier. Oh, dude, yeah. The pubs are open and the tables are out the front. You can go and have a beer. It's like living in two different countries, it really isn't is. it? No one wants to be out during the winter. No. And it's like when I, when I first got here and I was working in a, a pub in town called the Royal Oak, little plug there great little pub as you know Chris Absolutely and um, I was sort of like the, the, the running that sort of place like yeah it was incredible and we started in the winter and when the summer came I was like where are all these people coming from and I was talking to people saying where do you come from then so we live in Eskastuna I'm like well yeah we, I didn't I've never seen you before and he goes no we don't we don't go out in the winter and it's like well you hibernate <laughs> and it's like yeah Basically. literally people do yeah you know they they, they they don't really go out a lot in the winter they have like house parties and stuff like that and they stay in yeah and it, it was alien to me you know coming yeah. from Spain where you're, you're outside yeah. all the time you know yeah. um, when was the sun up till I mean this is a, maybe a difficult question in, in Spain yeah, was it um, sort of regular days throughout the year? Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Six I mean, till five? Or? Yeah, yeah, literally. Literally, you're, it's up early in the morning. And, yeah. uh, and then, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you don't eat your evening meal in Spain until about yes, nine, ten I've heard o'clock. a bit about that. Because it's just too hot. You yeah. know, you don't want to eat a hot meal. You yeah. know, you, you're like, oh, I'm just sweating all day. Yeah. So the Spanish families, you know, that's why you see kids up at night, you know, 11 o'clock in the evening. Right. Because generally back in the day, not so much anymore everyone would have siestas in the afternoon yeah. and obviously that's changed a lot now because obviously Spain you have to deal Spain's dealing with obviously international you know you can't just go oh we're going to have three hours off and you know we'll have a, an hour lunch and then go home for two hours and have two hours sleep it's uh, but yeah you know coming here and, the, and, that, and that's the difference that's a big thing yeah and the language here similar to Spain or you picked it up more here you oh, I picked it up more here I believe yeah I did to um, I went to SFE when I first got here okay um, but you know then again if you speak to anyone I think in Sweden who's under 65 definitely speak English they, they all speak fluent English and, and, and then you know you get into that I don't know it's, it's a bad excuse but it's the only one I got you just get into that set of just talking English unfortunately yeah. and but on the flip side I, I will like try and cover myself on that Swedes do like to speak English uh, especially yeah. after a couple of beers especially after yeah <laughs> it's always a couple of beers isn't it but I like speaking Swedish don't so I yeah like I do English. and like I say I've just actually finished um another SFE course which we did at school okay. and uh, yeah I, I passed that pretty oh, well so that was good yeah, yeah thank you yeah it's just um, nice though I mean it's their country it's their country you, yeah and you feel like a bit of a burden yeah. or you, they speak Swedish and you're like oh yeah I think I think they appreciate you trying yeah I you know what I mean that. like yeah like, since they I've do- started trying the last six months I've they do. much better yeah exactly I mean like. even if you just, you know you're saying words wrong and yeah. stuff like that um, they really appreciate it and that's the same with us so I mean Swedish people say things wrong sometimes yeah they do they're speaking English for me they're trying aren't they exactly and like you say we living in their country you know you should make an effort absolutely you should make an effort that was a mistake I when I first got here I didn't try it all the last year or last eight months maybe I've just been doing it every day trying to get more and more but yeah you should it's like more fun that way like I say and I think I, I've picked up Swedish easier than I did Spanish okay. in all fairness I think it's an easier language to learn right um, yeah 100% but I do try and speak only English to my son Rubin and um, his mum Kaiser she only speaks Swedish so okay. he's growing up bilingual that's good. which is a, that's a fantastic thing they pick it up really quick too they're like sponges they really are they, uh, our neighbour downstairs and they had like a maybe an eight year old boy and he came 
within about two months, he was just out speaking Swedish with his friends. Like it was nothing. And he came from England. So, right. I think. Amazing. But yeah. Amazing. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Like I say, they, he picks, he, he understands all, everything I say. And now he's like, he, and he it does. And then, well, last time I took him back to England, uh, it was just me and him went back to see the family. And he was speaking so much English. It's incredible. I was like, where's all this coming from? You know, and he just, yeah, he just talks and he sings songs in English now. Oh, that's and, sweet. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. It's he sings English. all the Lester chants during well, the day, does he? Yeah, I've not got him on them yet. Yeah, so mostly swear words in oh, there. So I don't want to, oh, yeah, a lot of swear words. I don't want to start him off that way. He's a Leicester supporter, though. He hasn't yeah. gone to Man United. Oh, no, 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 no. He's true and true. Oh, he that's will be cute. forever. I mean, we watch, we watch, we watch every game on Saturday and, oh that's sweet uh, he'll be going come on the foxes he'll be showing come on the foxes so yeah. yeah he knows he knows some of the players now as well so uh, yeah he's uh, yeah, he's, he's Leicester through and through that's beautiful uh, yeah he's got no choice no I understand <laughs> yeah, my old man we uh, play AFL back home Australian football fantastic and my dad is a Carlton supporter right me and my older brother we're Brisbane Lions supporters and my younger brother is a North Melbourne supporter oh wow so it's so, a split yeah uh, very split wow but uh, Nick was very hurtful because it's like a suburb very close to Carlton wow, <laughs> that Nick's dude. never lived in that uh, supports doing? dad's rival. What's that? What's he doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, just, he, uh, he's asking one for of trouble. My uncle's girlfriends, she was very charming, I think, and, uh, when he was younger. Got right. him in there. No, my family, we're, well, my close family, we're all Leicester. That's yeah. Like, yeah, of that's, course you're there. Yeah, you're from there. Yeah, exactly. So. Been off topic there for a second. Yeah, yeah, a bit of football there. <laughs> Back to Sweden. What was that? Did you find anything really unexpected when you got here or when you started settling in? Was there anything you... Uh, they have, they do have a few strange things, don't they? They do, you know what I mean? Some of the stuff they eat is very questionable. Yeah, I remember once, there's a little story. I remember I bought a bike. You've got to have a bike in Sweden. Uh, everyone rides bikes. And I'd not been long here and like saying it was sort of like it was in the spring and people have been talking about this place Sunby Hall and it's our local uh, well, it's, it's classed as a castle. It's not a castle, is it, Chris? They, I wouldn't consider it a castle. No, they, the Swedes call it a castle. It's a lovely place. It, in England, it's called, you'd call it a stately home yes. um, and it's on the water. And people are saying, oh, you must go out to Sunby Hall there's a marina there and blah, blah, blah. And I said, right, oh, yeah, wicked. I said, can you bite there? And then people were going, yeah, you can bite there. And I said, how far is it? And they said, oh, it's a, it's a meal. <laughs> and I was like, right. a, a mile? Oh, wow, that's, that's nothing on a bike. You know, I'd do that, no danger. And, of course, I started off on this road. Chris is laughing. He knows. I started off on this road, and I'm thinking, bloody hell. I'm over a mile down here now. I still can't see this place. And then I was like, I'll carry on going, and... I'm bloody hell, I'm, I'm keep going, I'm, I'm petting and petting, I'm sweating up here. But yeah, what it is, obviously, yeah, a meal, a Swedish meal is not a mile, it's not 10 kilometres. Right. And uh, yeah. It's a bit of a trek. It's a bike. bit of a trek, yeah, yeah. It's not, uh, it's, not a, it's not a mile away at all. So yeah, that caught me out. Uh, that was quite funny. How far did you get? Did you get... Oh, I got there. Oh, oh yeah, I, oh, I was there. I'm back. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. yeah, I had to have a couple of beers though, but, uh, but I did get back. But yeah, I was, I was cursing the person who told me it was, yeah, it was a, it was a meal, a meal down the road. I was <laughs> like, wait till I see him again. I'll tell you what. You know what I mean? Give him a bloody clip round the ear. But uh, have you tried uh, shoe strumming? Am I saying that right? Oh yeah, I have. Yeah, I, try, I actually tried shoe stu- 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 strumming Sue's when drumming, I was okay. when I was in Spain. We used to have. There's a massive. Um, uh, Scandinavian expat community that live on the Costa del Sol right. and um, we used to put obviously I was going I, I'd shared the bar uh, my with my girlfriend Hannah at the time and um, so we put flags out the bar we put the Union Jack we put the Spanish flag and we put the Swedish flag which obviously that attracted quite a few people in like from from Sweden and 
so much so that we used to have every Monday afternoon, we'd have this thing called the Monday Club would come and it was all ex, uh, expat Swedes that had moved and they were living on the Costa del Sol, retirees. And you'd get, yeah, every Monday in the, in, the, in, the, in the winter, every Monday you'd get like, you know, 20, 30 people there. Right. And uh, yeah, they'd come at like four o'clock and they'd leave at eight. You know, then they'd be drinking solidly for four yeah. hours. So it was a good thing. And obviously we did parties. We used to have crayfish parties for them and we'd have like um, midsummer party. I'd build the pole in the, yeah. in, in, the back of the, in the back of the restaurant, in the terrace. And uh, yeah, they introduced me one time to, um, to Sue Strumming and... And I, like my girlfriend at the time had told me, she said, yeah, oh, geez, it's foul. It's, it's disgusting, you know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, well, how bad can it be? And yeah, they brought these tins and um, I said, look, should we open them? Oh, no, 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 you don't open them indoors. Mm-hmm. And I was going, well, fucking, what, what, I mean, how, yeah, what is how, this? How, what, 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 what's going on here? And then they said, look, have you got a black bag? And I was like, what do you want that for? But we open it, like we'll put it in the black bag and we'll open it outside. And I was like, you're going to open it outside as well in a black bag. And I remember being in the bar behind the bar and I just heard this like hissing. And then literally it was like a millisecond after inside <laughs> the bar. And now if anyone's listening to this, if you've never, ever tried Sue's drumming, what like an experience. Yeah. There's some videos on YouTube. Go and have a look on YouTube. Obviously you can't experience the smell. It is it is absolutely foul. The worst thing you will ever smell in your life, isn't it, Chris? That's a very accurate. It's answer. basically it's putrefied fish. It's rotten fish, uh, rotten herring, and yeah, I mean, it, as soon as you open the tin, it gives off a gas. It it like it's opening like a like if you shake a bottle of coke up and you open it. That's the sort of noise it makes when you pierce the tin with a can opener, and you think, well. Anything that's doing that, that really can't be good. You know, and I, I remember one guy and he had these tins and he went, oh, he said, yes, this is a good tin because it's exploded. It's, sort of, it's blown. Now, I was always under the impression if you've got a can of food and it's blown, like the actual tin is, is, is like expanded, you know, you do not open it and eat it. But yeah, they, they, they go like, yeah, if it's like, a, if it's gone like a rugby ball, oh that's a good one this is a good one I'm like you're off your head you know what I mean (laughs) but yeah I had to try it and you have to have it on this like hard brown bread with like creme fraiche and some chives and literally literally you you know you're getting it about a couple of inches away from your mouth and you are you know gimping you're like Like, like literally and it's foul yeah and it, yeah, you put it in your mouth and you can just, you can taste it for hours after and it's just disgusting. Yeah. Not it's fun. very strange to me. Yeah. You I tried mean, it, Chris, yeah? I haven't tried it, but oh, all I've oh, heard is this oh, and I've smelt it. Oh, it is foul. It's, it's a weird tradition because it's such a horrible thing to experience. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, seem any plus side. No. Except no. the fact that then you're part of some, some group. Some Swedes love it. You know, a lot, I mean, uh, you That's know. That's true, actually. Some people do really like it. It's generally the older generation, I believe. I've never met any young people go, oh, you know, oh, it's beautiful. Nah, let's have some of that. Yeah, some Swedes just absolutely have to have it every no, that's summer. True. And um it is like a tradition, so I understand that. But yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah. So, some traditions should be just <laughs> should, should carry on though, Chris. Yeah, buried in all fairness. Yeah. But you know, the, the Swedes have some great some uh, some great things. They they do do some great things. And like I say, it's a fantastic country to live in. I would recommend it to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like you say, the winters can be a little bit, you know, long sometimes, but that's the thing you know that just round the corner yeah summer's coming or spring's weather. coming yeah and then summer and like you say you couldn't pick a better place to live 
than Sweden in the summer no, because it is it is perfection. Yeah, yeah. No. you know you're a, you know you're up in the, the 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 thirty degrees. You know what I mean? Like last summer was you know we had like two or three weeks of like nearly thirty degrees nearly every day. Yeah. I mean, why would you go abroad? Yeah. You know, it, it's incredible. Yeah. And you're surrounded by water. You know, you, there's lakes everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? You go swimming. You know, I mean, there's five or six different places just around Eskasuna. You can just go swimming in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nice places. And too. they're lovely places. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just amazing. And yeah, long nights, long warm evenings. Uh, everyone parties. Everyone's like, say, you know, you said everyone's in a good mood. Yeah. It's um, a totally, yeah. Like you said, it's like two total different countries. Two totally different countries to live in. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. It, it really is like, like you say I mean it's it, it people when you get to midsummer and then people go oh but that's it now that's it <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's all gone now and it's like no 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 hang on it's called midsummer for a reason that's right. it's the middle of the summer but people you get the you get the pessimist readers going yeah but now now the days get shorter and it's like well hang on a minute <laughs> it's only by like a few seconds a day you know what I mean but yeah, yeah, it's you're only allowed to be happy for two yeah, months yeah, as a Swedish. Midsummer comes and then yeah. you're like, oh, like time no. to be a big tobacco. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. It's all downhill <laughs> from so now. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 don't say that. <laughs> I mean, but no, no, I recommend it to anybody. It's, uh, it's a fantastic place to be. Yeah, really. I nice. definitely 100% agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> you told me earlier you've got a bit of a ripper of a oh, well, well yeah I, you did ask me Chris if I did have any <laughs> any, uh, any any stories and I was, I was trying to think I didn't want to um, incriminate myself too much uh, but I did, I did I have got this story and it's the time when I unadvertently uh, committed insurance fraud when I was living in Spain and what it was is uh, my girlfriend was away she went away for a few days and we used to close the restaurant on a uh, uh, a Tuesday, every Tuesday we close. It was one of those things that when we first opened, we went, which day shall we close? Tuesday seemed like it was a quiet day for us, so we picked Tuesdays to close. Okay. So anyway, um, it was <laughs> it was a, I think it was a, it was Monday evening. It'd been a quite busy day. I had a I had a couple of staff working for me. My girlfriend was away. We'd locked up at about ten o'clock at night. Uh, well, we'd stopped. So uh, we we stopped cooking at ten o'clock at night. We had a few regulars in, so we sort of we had a bit of a lock in, and it was about uh, I'd say about one thirty in the morning. We closed. Needless to say, I'd had a few beers, and um, that was it. So I got a taxi home, uh, and that was it. So on the Tuesday, <clears throat> I'd say we're closed, but there is always stuff to do in the bar. So I'd come in at about lunchtime to fix a few things in the bar so I had a Vespa at the time and I drove down on my Vespa I'd ride around the back of the bar where the terrace was outside what we used to do every night when we'd finish we'd lock up all the patio furniture all the furniture on the terrace you'd lock it all up chain it up because obviously in Spain it was rife people would steal stuff so you know and, and furniture got nicked all the while so you'd have to have a big old chain you'd chain all the chairs and tables together and then you'd lock it all up so anyway, this Tuesday I came round around lunchtime, drove round and all of the furniture's gone. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going on here? My girlfriend's away, she's going to go mental. Then he, even the chain and the padlock had gone. And I'm thinking, oh Jesus Christ, what's going on here? So of course we have insurance. So I rang up the insurance lady and it was a lady I knew, she used to come in the bar now and again, uh, an English lady called Lynn. And I said, Lynn, you don't want to believe this. Uh, all of my furniture's gone. She was like, oh, you're joking, you're joking. All right, I'll come down, I'll come down. So an hour later, she was there, and she was like, oh, geez, yeah, it's all gone, isn't it? I went, yeah, it's all gone. 
And she says, oh, they, they took the chain and the padlock. I went, yeah, they've took, the, they've took everything. You know, and we'd, we'd not long had this furniture. And we'd, we'd paid quite a bit of money. I think we paid around, whoops, well, I think we paid around 6,000 euros for all this furniture. So, I mean, it wasn't cheap. And obviously, you know, you can't really afford to keep buying this either. So she said, look, you know, I know you and Hannah, you're good people. She says, I can clearly see that it's been stolen. You know, there's no foul play here. So I'll, I'll rush this through and you should get a check within a couple of days. And I was like, oh, thank, thanks, Lynn. I really appreciate it. Anyway, so cut a long story short, we, we opened the bar again. Uh, my girlfriend came back Tuesday night. We opened the bar. We used to get down there about 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning. So we'd been open. I told my girlfriend, yeah, I told her, yeah. And she was like, oh, you're joking. But it's all right. Lynn's going to sort it out. We're going to get the insurance. We'll buy some new furniture. Happy days. So we'd been there a couple of hours. And then I just heard this beeping like a truck reversing. Beep, beep. And it was my friend Mick. And he got out of the truck and he started lifting. He put the tailgate out of the back of the truck. He lifted up the thing here, the shutter of the back of the truck. And there's all my furniture. And I was like, what, what's going on here? And uh, he says, oh, dude, listen, mate, can't thank you enough. Thank you for loaning me the furniture to do the wedding. Uh, cheers, dude. I didn't do any, none of it's damaged, but yeah, I really appreciate me loaning the furniture on Monday evening. Now, obviously, yeah, a few beers in. Uh, my mate had come by and said, look, can I borrow your furniture? We're doing a wedding. And I said, yeah, of course. And he took everything. And he says, yeah, I've got the chain and the padlock for you still and i gave him the key so yeah it was wicked and so we got a check in the post two days later for six thousand euros oops and uh yeah so that was it it was uh somewhere and we got the furniture and it was a funny thing because the <laughs> lynn the insurance lady she came down a couple of weeks later and she went oh so you managed to buy back the same for you got the same furniture <laughs> then i went yeah they still had it in the store lynn still had all the same stuff it was amazing she was like oh yeah that's good because but well, that furniture was really nice i was like yeah yeah it was really good thanks lynn. <laughs> Poor lynn. Yeah. Lynn seems like a sweetheart. Uh, it's an insurance company she only she was only a broker it was all right it was but yeah it was good so yeah uh, we had a nice holiday that summer it was really oh, nice bad. yeah it was really good so yeah that, that was uh my uh I committed insurance fraud, but I didn't know about it. So I mean, I was you know, I was innocent in a way, basically. So yeah, yeah, take your word for it. Then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but living in Sweden, you would have travelled around to different countries, yeah. Yeah, we've been we've done really good actually. Uh, me and Kaiser, we've done I think uh, 15, 16 different countries since we've been wow. in Sweden. It's a good hub living here, isn't Great it, hub. Chris? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can spring. Yeah, you, you've got everywhere. You know, I mean, you, you can be in Poland, you can be in Gdansk in 50 minutes yeah. from, from Sweden. It's, it's cheap. It's incredible. Very cheap. Yeah. Very cheap. We are very lucky where we live. We've got two airports. Scarfster Airport, I'd say that's about 50 minutes away on a good run. And then you've got Vesteros as well, which is, you know, you can go a few places from there. Yeah. And yeah, Ryanair, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, like I say, I think I've done, yeah, 15, 16 different countries since we've been here. Yeah. Um, a fantastic place and of course you've got the uh, like you said earlier you've got the cruise ships as well which is another thing if any listeners are who have not been or lived in Sweden before the Swedes have this thing where they go on cruises now when someone when I first moved here and someone said oh we're going to go on a cruise now a cruise to me Chris I don't know about for you but a cruise to me when I have a mind for a cruise it's like you're on for a week you go various different countries happy days no 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 in sweden you go on a boat you go 
out in the archipelago basically you turn round and then you come back That's again true. and it's like a 24 hour cruise this this was a new idea for me and it was a bizarre, it's a bizarre thing isn't it chris i mean certainly i never my first cruise was here i think it was the first cruise i was ever on yeah but it was bizarre yeah because i don't think i saw any land no I, mean, I wasn't looking at the window at the right and you time don't get people. off no no you don't you go out and then you drink basically it's yeah you've got a couple of companies the most one the, the most popular is the viking line and you pay and you pay pennies don't pennies, you Chris? i mean yeah, so you can cheap. share a cabin with four people uh, i wouldn't recommend it it's a bit sweaty it's a bit grim but you share a cabin you've got four bunk beds two on either side a small toilet and a shower it's perfectly okay it's clean you know it's all clean and fresh yeah and i think you pay some like you you can pay like 20 quid or or, or yeah, it's unbelievable. you know each and then uh, yeah you go on a cruise and it's a great time too it's a big old boat and all i mean it's yeah. not it's not it is a cruise ship it's yeah. not a mega cruise ship but it's it's still a big old boat yeah and there's nightclubs on the boat there's various different bars there's different restaurants you can do a bit of shopping if you the like buffet, yeah. but literally generally when you go on these things you've you're half drunk before you get on it uh, before the boat is even dropped the ropes, you're yeah. you're in the bar. Yep, the bus ride there is always a fun, fun yeah, time. Yeah, and you, yeah, and that's that's another thing. You you get a bus there as well, a bus there, yeah, and a bus, bus takes home. you home as yeah. well. And it's it's incredible thing. Two different for, vibes on the bus. The yeah, bus you, there, you're yeah, like, yeah, bus, the bus on the way, home. and you'll always get on the bus, and the driver's like, All right, there's no drinking, <laughs> no alcohol on the bus. Everyone's like, no, 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 no. As soon as the bus turns off, you'll be yeah. like. <laughs> You hear cans of beer going. You can hear like bus a driver. You can see the bus driver looking in his mirror like, "What's that? Can of coke? Just a can of coke." So yeah, basically, you're half pissed before you get there. That's right. Before the boat even starts moving away from the dock, yeah. uh, everyone's in the pub on the boat, and uh, that's yeah. where they make their money. And that's where they make their money. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And basically, yeah, you go out. Yeah, twelve hours out. I think the boat it stops places. It stops at one place, but it's not for you to get off. It stops in the middle of the night, and basically, it's just taking supplies yes. to these small islands. Basically, that's it. Um, you're not allowed to get off the boat. Uh, it's just for basically supplies. And then there have yeah, some that you can go. There is. I mean, you yeah. The, yeah. the late you can do the the three day. You yeah. know, the the seventy two hour yeah. cruise. But the most popular the is this one. Cruise. It goes twelve hours out. Yeah, 12 it turns around. And then it comes home. Yeah. They can go out 300 metres so no one can see land and just stop. No one would even notice. <laughs> no one would even notice. <laughs> and these people on these boats, yeah, they're, they're oh, oh my days. Yeah, they're up for it, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're wild. They're Absolute wild. Um, so, yeah, you pay, you pay pennies, you get a cabin, um, you get drunk, you take pictures out on the deck saying that I'm on a boat, on a cruise, and then you wake up the next morning and you have your breakfast, then you get off the boat. That, that's pretty much the that's exactly my experience yeah. I've been twice my yeah. experience I've been a few times like I said I've been the longer ones as well you yeah. can go to uh, you can go to Finland Helsinki you can go to Tallinn you can go yeah so I was going to ask you how you dealt with you know how you can get the fear of the unknown which I think is a very yeah. real human oh, thing oh, 100%. before you go travelling yeah but it sounds like after the first couple of days when uh well, butlins when i was yeah, in scotland yeah, yeah yeah and then after two, two weeks you were that was it or yeah oh, you just pushed through right that's it i mean literally like i say any anyone who's thinking of doing uh, moving abroad or like i say push through like i say you will you will miss home you will get homesick yeah you will you will miss your family but like I say, stick at it. Like I say, I'd always say, give it, you know, I'd say, my mum said to me, like I say, give it two weeks, son, and uh, 
then see. Yeah. And I gave it two weeks, and like I said, I was bit. like, ah, I ain't going, never going home. And I never have. So, yeah, keep at it. You know what I mean? You know, it's not for everybody. Uh, sure, it's definitely not for everybody. But like you say, travel broadens the mind. That's what yeah. they say. And it is true. Do you know what I mean? You know, the, it's a big world out there. You're only here once. Get out there and, and, and see as much as you can. And just just soak yourself in, in, in as much culture as you can get. You know, yeah. As many countries as, you, as your money will get you, do it. Do you know what I mean? Like I say, there will be hard times. There will be times where you, you ain't got a lot of money and you think, oh God, oh, I just want to go home, you know, to the safety of, of my family. Yeah. But, you know, they're always going to be there. They'll always be there for you. Yeah. There'll always be a place at home for you. Um, so just, just keep at it. And the good times will come. You will feel low, you know what I mean? Like there's a few times in Spain when we first got out there where in the winter you didn't have a lot of money. And yeah, literally we were like, you know, beans on toast you know three yeah. days a week sort of thing you know what but I mean I bet you're still having a good time but exactly you know yeah. and, and if you're in these places in the Mediterranean places Chris you know the sun's shining and I'm not kidding I'm, you know you know, this is the true thing if the sun's shining it does put a smile on your face yeah, it does. do you know what I mean it yeah. makes you feel happy yeah. you know you can go down the beach and just walk along the beach you know what I mean you know with walk with your bare feet just splashing in the water and you just think wow you yeah. know I'm here and this costs me nothing do you yeah. know what I mean so yeah, that's my advice. Stick at it, people. You know what I mean? Don't ever give up. Yeah, just stick at it and you'll find that, yeah, it's an amazing thing. The thing is, you're definitely right. It's not for everyone. No. But for the people who think, oh, I really want to do this, where they sort of back away or they feel like there's too much to take on or they're going to miss their family or things like yeah. that. But I think it's just the people who really want to travel, yeah. but they're going to regret not trying. I think so. Even if you go out and have a bad time, one in ten people might go out really yeah. wanting to travel then having a great experience. But at least they'll be like, okay, take that off. I tried now. Exactly. I've tried. I didn't like it. Yeah. But most people will go and be like, oh, this is amazing. I'm so glad I did this. Yeah. But everyone will regret not trying it. Yeah. You have this thing inside of you that says, hey, I want to do this. Of course. And like I say, it is easy. And I, I've done, I did my traveling first and then I started a family later on. So, and, you know, obviously I've done it that way around. Yes. Um, you don't have to, you know, if, you know, if you want to have your, have your family, have your kids early and then travel later. I mean, yeah, well, you know, Georgia you can, and Darren last week with that situation. Yeah, exactly. Travel afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, I'd say it might be a little bit easier to do it when you're younger, uh, yeah. but it, it, it doesn't matter. Brilliant. Jonathan, thanks so much for coming on, mate. You've no been time, really awesome. Yeah, cheers, dude. I appreciate you coming around. I appreciate that. It's Absolutely. been, uh, it's been a fun, fun time experiencing. You know what I mean? All right, mate. Thank you. All the best, mate. Take care. Cheers. Bye.